before we get into the episode, head on over to RighteousFelon.com for all your favorite beef jerky flavors. I'd recommend starting off with the whole shebang craft jerky gift bundle. The jerky is smoky and savory, spicy and sweet. All of your favorites, all in one variety pack. Use promo code OCSN, all lowercase, to get 15% off at checkout. Don't miss this great opportunity. Go to RighteousFelon.com today. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DeMeglo, and after rattling off three consecutive victories, the New York Rangers have dropped three in a row heading into the, tonight's matchup against the Red Wings. Here with me for this week's episode is Jacob Berkowitz from the New York Rangers podcast. Jacob, Jacob, how are you, buddy? Um, I mean, we could we could be doing a bit better. Uh, Rangers have not made our lives exactly uh, stressful uh, free. But uh, yeah, no, listen, it's only like 13 games in, so no need to panic yet. Yeah, exactly. I, that's what I, I think fans should should uh, should realize. Uh, I remember being a young fan watching the 2013-14 Rangers and freaking out when they lost like three of their first four games or whatever it was that season and just feeling like the sky is falling. It's it's we're only just a little over a month into the season is I there's there's obviously some things you could worry about, but we're not even halfway we're not even close to halfway through the season it's i think things have a better chance of of figuring themselves out than to like you know if you just keep focusing on on the issues like i don't think some of the things we've been seeing are going to be issues by the time it's april may at least i don't think if the rangers are going to be a good team which everybody projects them to be i don't think they're going to be issues yeah um yeah for me yeah personally like i've said multiple times before uh someone else that it's yeah, it's 13 games in. It's it's no need to panic yet. Obviously, there are some stuff that are going on. The Rangers are not, you know, playing to how we all thought they were going to. But yeah, like a lot of people want to just panic. But like, remember last year, I mean, it was different problems, but it was kind of the same scenario where like, we're not doing that great, except the only difference between now and then is we were getting the wins where we didn't yeah. deserve it. Mm-hmm. And this season, we're actually getting the losses when we actually deserve to win. Um, though that's rare because there are a lot of times we just, you know, look at the Islanders game. We just, the Rangers just decided to fall asleep in the third period. I think the Rangers, all right, I'm going to push back on that. I don't, I went back and watched the game and to me, the Rangers are still getting scoring chances in that third period against the Islanders. I'll give credit to the Islanders for, for coming back. Like they were known to be a pretty good third, a really good third, pretty good. Yeah. Really good third period team. They've outscored. Their, their opponents, like, I think it was, like, 20. After that game, it was, like, 25 to 10. Oh, yeah, it was ridiculous. They have the most second, most third-period goals in the league. And they had just come off a, a two-goal comeback against the Flames. Uh, so it, it wasn't like the Rangers just stopped playing. I think they stopped playing for the first 14 seconds of that period. That goal should right. definitely not have happened. Like, Trooper should have been the first to get that. I don't know how Miller wasn't over there because that's his side. Um and then the Heedle takes a, a a pretty bad penalty, an unfortunate penalty, and you know the Islanders score on that. It was just two or three moments that really just got the Islanders in that game that that got them the win. Of course, you have the the, the non call on the trip, but right. we've seen bad calls not go like you know affect the Rangers, and you have to 
you know you have to play through that like you can't just you know be like oh like be, like cry or whatever that it didn't it wasn't called like you have to play through that and on that play there was a uh there was a a really bad turnover like trooper coughed up the puck and you know immediately lee gets the puck right in front of the net off a rebound and he scores the game winning goal so you can't make a, a mistake like that even if the penalty should have been called and it wasn't so i mean i i kind of my thinking was is at that point is I was really mad at the refs as anyone else. I like I tweeted said I'm yeah. as mad as the refs as anyone else here. But the Rangers kind of lost themselves. Like they they kind of screwed up. They kind of they let up two goal lead slide. It's kind of on them. Sure, the game winning goal, the ref screwed up. And I, I thought he actually put his hand up. He like did it midway if you saw. Oh yeah, the referee. Yeah, like, like he, he kind of he he made a motion or something like that. Right. He definitely did something for sure. I know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. I thought it was a penalty. Oh, he did a motion, and then he just stopped. And um, I mean, listen, I've seen bad refing. I ne- I don't think I've ever seen that where the ref, ref like attempts to motion and then takes it back. I don't think I've ever seen that before. So like, yeah, no. Anyway, but like the Rangers lost themselves. Like they they did it for the, they. They screwed themselves over. They really messed up. They had sloppy, sloppy defensive plays, which, you know, have been kind of what they've been doing the past couple of weeks or the whole season. And, uh, yeah, so as much, as mad as I was about the refs, it, I still, you know, this was on the team. Yeah. And I think the, I think you could say it's, it's more on like, okay, go back to the Red Wings game. That one, they fell asleep in the second period. This game they thoroughly – I thought they outplayed the Highlanders. I really thought they, they outplayed them. Like, maybe the first first two shifts of the game, the first period, were great, I thought, uh, with those new line combinations. And I'd like to see those combinations tried out again. It's just like they – I don't know if it's – they did get chances. They didn't completely turtle like they did last year. But, yeah, they definitely – they deserve to win the game against the Islanders, but they they – they didn't. They should have won that one too, but they didn't. And that's what stings as a fan is that you know the games that you should win or that you deserve to win, they they those are the ones that you lose. Those are the ones that hurt the most. So that two goal lead that we had against the Red Wings of all teams, you can't lose to the Red Wings. Come on, man! Like that's a you got to win those ones. You have to, especially early on in the season. That's two points. Like let's say you're close at the end of the season, you know, like. You could you're gonna like beg for those points back. I mean, you got one, but that extra point, if it's close, hopefully it's not close. And hopefully the Rangers, you know, blow the blow the doors off and you know our first place uh, in the division. I don't know if that's gonna happen, but you know, you got to make every point matter, even though it's early in the season. I know we said it's early in the season, but uh, I think things will fix themselves. But it's it's frustrating as a fan. I understand that, and. Uh, if you're feeling stressed as a fan, the losing streak might be having you stressed. So uh, visit Canadips.com for all of your top-of-the-line CBD needs. Products are 100% tobacco and nicotine-free, featuring all-natural hemp-derived CBD pouches. Best of all, if you use promo code OCSN in all caps, you'll get 20% off all products. Don't miss this great opportunity. Visit Canadips.com today. What do you think of like Gallant changing up the lines? So... It, so... Uh... When he changed up the lines, right, for the Islanders game, um, I, I was like, you know what, let's try it out. What Was I exactly like, did I want them to do that, those specific lines? No. But I'm like, you know what, I, I don't care at this point. As long as they're trying stuff, go for it. 
you know, I can't say it's not going to work because I, I, we've never seen these line combos ever in, in existence. Sure, there are some. It's obvious more times than others that it won't work. But those line, those lines. I mean, I thought, you know, hey, it could work. And uh, to your point, they did play well versus the Islanders. And one of the things I noticed in the Islanders game is the Rangers were doing something that they have not done a lot of in the whole season is create chances in between the red dots in the offensive zone. I mean, they were swarming like beasts of honey there. They, mm-hmm. they, they got dirty. They, uh, they got those quality chances. Uh, and they, they didn't do that. Uh, the past, you know, couple of games, like they were just playing, playing the perimeter game and everyone's saying they have so many shots yeah, on net. Get, they have to get to the front. That's what Dave Maloney was saying on the radio, but yeah, right. continue. Go yeah, ahead. no, they, they were, yeah, since they're playing the perimeter game, everyone's saying, look, they're getting so many shots, they should be scoring. Hello, I mean, this kind of actually the opposite perspective of what we had last year. Like, the Rangers last year, right, were keeping it all to the outside. And everyone's saying, well, the Rangers, are, you know, have like 40 shots against. Well, yeah, but the Rangers' thinking was, is, hey, like, I don't care how many shots you shoot from the blue line, you're not stopping, it's just, it's just Sturkin's not, you know, letting that in, so it's not happening. It's the same thing with every other team. Like, it doesn't, I don't care if you have like 20 uh, or like 60 wrist shots from the blue line. None of them is going in. Maybe mm-hmm. one that's in a while off a lucky bounce. But you got to get into the dirty areas between the red circles. And, again, obviously guys with Kreider, you know, being on and off kind of hurts because that's his specialty. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I thought it was very encouraging sign. And then the third period happened. I know uh, different views on that. But – um, yeah, no, I, I thought that was promising. And while they lost that, even though I was really upset, I'm like, okay, if they just keep that, you know, how they played in between the red circles, if they translate that to the next couple of games and maybe get a sloppy defensive zone, more consistent, this team could start being, uh, you know, they went, they're on the right track. I think I like that you bring up the, that they got to the dirty areas because yeah, I did, I did hear a, a bit. Like I said about what Dave Maloney mentioned on the radio, I value his opinion because he's played the game. He's covered the range for such a long time. He knows he knows what's up. Like, I love the East-West passing, but when you do it too much, it's incredibly frustrating. Like, Zabanajad had, I think it was on the power play, he had a wide-open shot. It was clear as day you needed to take that shot. And for whatever reason, he passed it through, like, four or five sticks over to, I don't even know. I think it might've been Trocek who was towards the front of the net or Kreider. And it got, it got like deflected and there was no chance, no shot on goal. And Sam and Joe had called that out. Like, you know, Ooh, Zibanejad passing up a shot there. I don't know what he's thinking there. Like, obviously you need to take that shot, but getting to the, the North South aspect of the game, I think that fits in for certain players on this team, namely Kreider for sure, because he skates in straight lines when he's at his best. So I think like he need him and Zabanja need to be split up. And I liked how he played. I liked all, how Kreider played a lot more than how he played against Detroit uh, when he played against the Islanders. You know, uh, he he just looked like he had a he had a better game. Like he was fishing the puck out. Like that first goal was perfect. Like Hedo was was parked right in the slot. Gets the Kreider gets the puck out to the defenseman, and um, eventually Miller gets. I don't know if Kreider got an assist on it. I don't think he did, but. Uh, Miller got a point on that. A nice feed to Heedle, who's looking looking really good. Kid just needs to get more ice time, uh, in my opinion. But I think if you make a combination with like Kreider and Gauthier or Kreider and Goudreau or Kreider and Trocek, that fits the skill set better. Like Panarin Zibanejad, I think those guys could are compatible with each other. 
like a Panarin, Zibanejad, Kako, like we saw in that in that game against the Islanders. I like that. Or Panarin, Zibanejad, Kravtsov. I like that. I think that's good. And then you could that I I don't know if you read Vince Mercagliano's article. Like uh, he was suggesting the line combos, and he suggested bringing the kids back, kid line back. I think that's a good idea because um, you know the bottom six is a big issue, and you need to spread the wealth. You remember the 2013-14 Rangers? They had guys that I saw. I talked about this last week. They had guys any given moment they could go out there and get you a goal when you need it, and they all got equal amounts of ice time. Like all even strength were like 12 to 14 minutes of ice time a game. The top nine, all 12 to 14 minutes per game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as you said in 2014, I mean, that's how we were able to beat Pittsburgh. That was the Pittsburgh Penguins Achilles heel is that we had, I think our fourth line scored in game seven. No, that was Brian Boyle's yeah, goal. that was Boyle. That was Boyle. Like, Pittsburgh's like, yeah, we got Malcolm Crosby. We're like, okay, that's great. So that's two guaranteed goals for you. But, hey, we got four lines that could score. So, and you have no depth. So, you know, and we have – you know, one of the best goalies of all time in that, you know, it's not. Uh, so again, that's how we beat Pittsburgh. And to, as you mentioned to the kid line. So obviously we were all conflicted when he split them up. If you remember in the beginning of the season, because uh, the problem was, is the top two lines were just a two bit inconsistent. I'm very hesitant. I will trust me. I love the kid line as much as the next guy, but it, it I'm hesitant because I'm worried about those top two lines about how inconsistent they're going to be. Um, as you mentioned with Kreider and Zibanejad, they should be split up. I'm happy you're also mentioning this because I was going to mention it. I'm like, for sure, I'm going to get a lot of pushback by this. So I'm happy you're also saying it. Uh, yeah. I, Kreider, yeah. I, Zibanejad, the bromance is, I love, I love the chemistry that guys have together, but like, you know, I just think for the betterment of the team, it's better to, to split those guys up. Right. I think especially early in the season when we don't know exactly if it'll work or not. Like, why not try it out for a couple games? Why not? Just stick it. If it, if the Rangers start producing or whatever, like if they start, if the shooting percentage picks up, because I know they've been getting unlucky. If you look at the analytics, it's definitely, they're getting their chances, man. Like they're getting 35, 40 shots a game. And it's been like that for the first 13 games of the year. It's just, they're not getting, they're not, the shooting percentage and even strength is not good at all. So, like, I, I was speaking to Rob Luca earlier today because I, I wanted to go over, like, I, I personally think the Zibanejad-Kreider combo on 5v5, I'm not talking about power play because on power play, they're just monsters. But 5v5, they are overrated. Uh, the only part they aren't overrated is uh, when they're on the rush. Uh, and the analytics speak to that, that they are very, very, very good on the rush. I mean, all the highlight real goals you see with Zibanejad and Kreider. How, how many of those are on? How many of those are on the rush? Uh -huh. um, so yeah, I I thought, but however, in the offensive zone, now I didn't see the analytics for this. It could be because I, I didn't have time today, but it could be they had good thing, uh, good analytics there in the offensive zone pressure. But uh, just eyesight wise, I personally I didn't think they were really good in that. And as a line, you got to have a little bit of good. Uh, obviously, you got to have sh a strength and a weakness in a line. And some are going to be better than others in the offensive zone. Some are going to be better than others on the rush. Uh, but you still got to have a bit of both. And with Kreider and Zibanejad, I don't think they have enough when it comes into the offensive zone. And yeah, um, I, I really think they should be split up. Again, on the power play, they're monsters. But 5v5, I, like you said, there's a bromance there, mm -hmm. but you got to win hockey games. And if mm -hmm. this is the way to win hockey games, so be it. I think I just think I also think that the time the time on ice is just so like one sided. It's so top heavy. Like if you look at the time on ice, probably because 
power play one stays out there forever. But Panarin, Zibanejad, Trocek, and Kreider are all averaging basically 20 minutes a game. Heedle is only averaging 12 and a half minutes per game. And the fourth line is ineffective and used sparingly. Like Reeves and Carpenter have eight, or average around eight and a half minutes a game. Eight and a half minutes, man. Like that's nothing. Like the Rangers' fourth line was averaging like 10, 11 minutes at even strength at, on, in 2013-14. Every single line was used. Like that's what you need. You need to like the rugby analogy, you need to be able to hand the ball off to your teammates and keep the momentum going. You have to keep it going. Don't drop the ball. Like you go from, Oh my gosh, this great combination of Zabanajad and Kreider to this great combination of Panarin and Trocek. And then it's just Heedle and Jimmy Beasley. <laughs> like, and then, and then it's just Brian Carpenter and this guy that should be in the AHL. Like that's it. Right. Like you need to be able to go from like, okay, this guy's good. This guy is also good. All right. These guys are pretty good. And then, like, oh, yeah, these guys are pretty fast. Like, you need to be able to, to cycle through all your lines. And that's what Colorado does. Like, you know, every single one of their guys is in on the forecheck. they all able to create offense in a different way. Like, you know, Panarin and Zabanjak could probably cycle it, like, for till the end of time. Kreider could skate in straight lines up and down the ice forever. You know, you got to mix and match the, the play styles. Not every line is going to be able to cycle effectively, unless Adam Fox is out there for sure. Right. But, um that like that that kind of stuff like playing the using the lines to play to the players' strengths is is very important. I think Glenn has been doing that. I don't know. I don't agree with putting Kreider's advantage at and Beasy together. Uh, I think the I think you should go with Vince's combinations with, with whatever he said. Uh, like again, like I don't know if you you read it, but those were good combinations. Like I'm thinking right now, like Panarin's advantage at Kako. I know you don't. I think. You, I know you want to split the kids up, but like in this case, we could do Laugh Heedle Kravtsov, and then Kreider Trocheck Gauthier, Vizi Goudreau Blay. I think that's fair. So with the kid line is the only thing. Listen, I I love them and I want them on the on the ice every single game. But it's just again, uh, you have a problem with the other two lines, which is better one one incredible line and then two okay lines or three good lines, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so obviously I, I would go with the three good lines. Cause like you said, in 2014, that was, you know, that's how we won. Well, not win at all, unfortunately, but you know, that's how we got to a certain point. And yeah, like, listen, we don't have guys like Brian Boyle or Dominic Moore anymore on the fourth line. We have VC and Carpenter. And- yeah. We're definitely not as, as fast as that team right. either. That's a big thing. I think VC is a good play. I really like, oh, he I is. think if you. Great fourth liner. Like, that's a good fourth liner that we... That's the one good fourth liner that we actually have on this team. Like, I'm not impressed by... I'm not impressed by Carpenter or Blay, honestly. Like, I, I hate to say that I'm not impressed by Blay because I want him to do well uh, for for certain reasons that I, I, I won't just say because, you know, it's mentioned too often. But I think the line changes that Glantz made are warranted. But And there needs to be more more balance throughout the lineup. So... If you could do that combination that I said, or maybe do Panarin's advantage at Kravtsov, Kidline, Kreider Trocek, Gauthier, VZ Goudreau play, or even get Gustav Riedahl up in up into the mix. I don't know how he would do. Or Trevino. I don't know if he's NHL ready, but something like that where Carpenter and, and Reeves are not out there. I love I love Reeves, the play the person, but the player is just, you know, he's right. wearing wearing out. He's not what he used to be. Yeah, you pay him to be in the locker room, not on the ice. Um, exactly. Yeah, the, ice so, cold, that's the ice cold take of the day. Good job. Yeah. 
Um, so my lines were that I've been posting were Laugh, Savannah, Jad, Kako on your top line. Then you got Panarin, Trocek, Kravtsov. And then as a third line, you got Kreider, Hedl, Gauthier. Now that's a pretty fast and pretty skilled third line. Now, obviously everyone's saying, you know, Kreider's on a third guy line, third guy, you know, it, it's not, you don't put always your best players on the top line. I know that's a, a crazy thing to say for a lot of people, but it's always based off skill. And it's uh, meaning one guy has to play make, one guy has to snipe. If there's three snipers on the same line, right? Who's playmaking? Who's, who's forechecking? Yeah, who's, who's getting those guys the puck? Right. Like you can't all be cherry picking. Right, exactly. So, I mean, these combinations work because Laffy's a playmaker. Savannah Jones is, you know, his best quality is a sniper. Kako's the forechecker. It's it's a perfect fit. And then you got Panarin Trocek with Kraftsoft. So you got to hope Kraftsoft, you know, takes that next step. You saw Vince's videos today. He was actually hitting those uh, one-timers in the net. I have after. to go back and watch those that that one. I, I do remember that, like, towards the start of the season, he was mishitting those for sure. He, yeah. he definitely wasn't getting all of them. Like I said, I said, like, Kraftsoft needs a little bit more time to get adjusted. Like, the kid hasn't had, a, a like, a, a good go of it, like, you know, he, he he's not he's in and out of the lineup because of injuries. Like, he's got to get his feet on the ground, and he's got to be got to give the kid time. Like, I'm not ready to give up on him. Oh, 100. percent Like, if you I give mean, him, yeah. if you put him with Panarin, I think he'll he'll he will enjoy that, and I think Panarin will do his best to to make him as good of a player as he can be, as the best player that he can be. Not just because Panarin is like one of the best hockey players, but because Panarin, I think understands the situation that Kravtsov has been in. Right. It's interesting, though, for Panarin to take their mentorship role. Uh, we have not seen that. Um, not not anything against him. It's just that we just, you know, the opportunity has never prevented himself that he could relate to the, you know, the younger guy, Kravtsov, you know, also being Russian, uh, you know, coming over, not knowing anyone. Uh, Panarin taking him under his ring is very, very uh, nice to see. And, yeah, so, like, those three lines, I, you have good depth. You have skills that fit each other. Uh, you have three lines that can roll. And, uh, again, uh, I'm one guy. I'm not the coach, but I'm just putting my point out there. I really do think they should try these. Uh, just give me just give me it for one game, man. That's all I want to see. Because mm-hmm. if, if the whole – the next couple of months, if we don't get it together, it's going to haunt me in my dreams this, uh, every single time that we're not using these. Um, it actually is actually interesting because I think Gallant are Vince's lines, right? And Yeah. Yeah. Did it, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and he, he, he reacted. He's like, oh, yeah, I like those lines, Vince. Good job <laughs> or whatever. That's great. And it's like – and it's like to me, I'm, I'm reading that. And I'm like, so you're going to go with those lines, right, coach? <laughs> right, coach? You're going to go with those? And then it's like in practice, Kreider's a Banjad VZ. I'm like, damn, really? Yeah. I, I I hate that, man. I Zabanjad, like I said, Zabanjad and Kreider are good on the rush, but in the offensive zone, they're not, you know, terrific. One thing to note, though, uh, Rob Luker mentioned, is that when Zabanjad is without Kreider, I believe uh, there's more shots against, much more shots against. Obviously, Kreider's you know, more defensively. I believe I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm misquoting him here, but I just spoke to him yesterday. Um, that when Mika's away from Kreider, the shots chances uh, against Mika go up pretty heavily. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Um, so that, that I found interesting, but again, you could always switch it up to other players who are good defensively underrated though. Kako, you, you've noticed where he makes those fantastic defensive plays. I, I know I'm going like sidetracking here, but I mean, man, he, they, he does it in all zones. Like I notice it more. So I actually notice it more in the offensive zone this year than 
than like last yeah. year or the year before. Like he he had a really like impressive takeaway in the third period. It didn't amount to anything, but like he looks so good. Like I but against the Islanders, right? Yeah, against the Islanders. He like saved the goal there. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did in the defensive zone, and then like in the offensive zone too. In the third period, he had a pretty good takeaway. Like I wasn't even expecting anything to happen, but he just made this really, really nice play. I don't know. I think he's looking really good. You put Zabanajad and Kako together. I think it's gonna gonna work out. Uh, Panarin, I think, is is an okay, mostly reliable, maybe a def- defensive forward. But like on, I don't know if you noticed. But on the game-winning goal, right off the face-off, you know, Panarin goes up the left boards and, like, the puck goes around to the right and all four Rangers are on the right side. And you, can ne- you cannot see Panarin in the, in, the, in the frame at all. Like, when Truba <laughs> turns the puck over, there's no – he has no – he doesn't have, like, a left-winger option open. Like, I don't – at least you, you don't see him on camera. Like I was trying to look in the the glass, like the meat. You know how like it reflects in the glass. Right. I was trying to look for Panarin that way. I still couldn't find him. <laughs> you know when I saw him, like when he came, when after Lee scored, when they celebrated, they had the camera angle of like the left boards, and you would see like just his skates come come back. Like I don't know what Panarin was doing on that play, but it was really concerning to me. I don't know what the deal was there. That's I, obviously I think the penalty should have been called, but. The, the the Rangers had to get that puck out and they didn't do it. For, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on with True, but I think he's playing hurt. Um, but well, I, it, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Just one second. To, to that thing of True being injured, I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. It's November and you don't have the excuse saying, well, we need him because we're not doing great anyway. So the longer he's on the ice, it's probably going to take longer for him to heal. Again, it's November. So what are you doing? I think that might be him putting the weight. I think that might be true, but putting the weight of the world on his shoulders. Like, I just, I feel like that's the kind of guy he is. Like, he doesn't want to, he doesn't miss games really too often. I mean, he's been injured a couple times for, for the Rangers, but like, I feel like he's been a mostly healthy player throughout his career. Uh, I'm going to check the stats now, but uh, to, I, I got to check. I think he's been myself. mostly healthy. But yeah, like, though I know we all had our, you know, we all criticize Trubo every single season, but it's worse than normal. It again, there are some, you know, he's people believe he is a defensive defenseman. That that's not true. It's just because he hits a lot. People believe it. Yes, it's, yeah. it's it's not true. If you look at the analytics and everything, he's mainly good at being offensive. And as crazy as this is, um, and I always show that he's he helps. You know keep the offensive pressure. Now I know people are going to say, well, that's just because he shoots 50 shots a game and doesn't hit the net once. Uh, no, it actually doesn't account for that. It only accounts for when he will, or the LEC only housing is that just basically keeping it in the zone. And he's actually very good at that. So to put him with someone who's not a defensive defenseman, now this is not insult to Miller. He he's a stud in the making or already is one. And I, I think they should swap Miller and Lindgren. You got Lindgren, who's a defensive defenseman, to help Truba with his flaws. You got Miller, right, mm-hmm. and with Fox. And obviously, we all have wanted this for so long. And uh, again, also, I guess that that third pairing is it's a problem because 
both Schneider and Jones, I mean, Schneider seems to be having a sophomore slump and mm -hmm. Jones has not exactly been great. And your seventh defenseman is Hayek. Mm -hmm. So not great there. And uh, I was sorry to sidetrack again, but the, the it seems the only solution to this, right, is to eventually get a depth defenseman. Now, I, I don't care about Ben Harper. I, I really couldn't care less. That guy's not – he's not touching the top six. No, thank you. Um, the problem is the trade deadline, the cap space, it's – it's we don't have a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. we have to if we're what's it called? If we don't get one injury for the rest uh, until the trade deadline, I believe I could be wrong. We're projected to have maybe a little on the shade on the four million. I could be wrong there. Um, Got to be twenty two men on the roster. Can't be right. twenty three. Right. You have to have twenty two men for as long as possible to get as much cap space necessary. Right. And and someone commented on here, uh oh Wade from uh from uh from Old City Sports Network. Shout out to OCS. Uh love you guys. But um I don't I'm not I don't think I don't think we need to go for Patrick Kane now. I don't even I, think it's realistic because it's not realistic with what not, cap space? It never was realistic because because of the cap space. Well he, here's a simulation for you. Here's a simulation for you. Rangers call up uh Chicago. Hey, we're interested in Patrick Kane. Can we make this happen? Chicago, sure. We're going to need to laugh one of laugh or Kako. Okay, hangs up the phone, block Chicago. That's the end. I mean, what realistic trade are we talking about where we're actually going to get Kane? And even if you do do obstacles around the cap hit, which not to mention Chicago would have to retain 50%, and then you'd have to find a third partner. Now, theoretically, this is able to happen, but we've never seen it on a manager. It's just, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, 50% is not retained, but a third team would have to be right. 50% retained is not enough. Sorry. Right, right, right. It'd um, have to be retained another 25%. Yeah, you'd have uh, to trade them to, I'd say, Arizona. I've said this scenario a few times on my show. The only way it will happen is if the Rangers are the only buyer, meaning that Kane will only play for the Rangers. Right, but exactly. I don't, I don't think, in which case, you would be sending Arizona more than the Blackhawks. Because like right. you would, you could just lowball them, and they'll have to right, accept exactly. unless they want to just lose him for nothing. Right. I mean, the thing was is I have been saying that Patrick Kane will go to Colorado, but with Jonathan Taze's kind of resurgence of a year, I actually feel like he would be the better fit in Colorado now. Ever since they lost Kadri, uh, so I'm kind of leaning towards that. So the question is, where would Patrick Kane go? And I remember he has a no trade clause, so he is, you know. He has the decision where he wants to go. Obviously, there have been rumors of Edmonton uh, and that. I just, listen, there is a, you know, a version of this where Kane says to Chicago, I only want to go to New York. And New York knows this. And it basically ties Chicago's hands together because mm -hmm. they have nothing to do. Now, exactly. there's so many things, though, that have to go right. One, you got to have the cap work. Two, you got to make sure Chicago is not stubborn uh, regarding, you know, they got to let go. Also, is would you even trade Othman? I wouldn't. No, so I would. Like trade? I said, if you're if you know you're the only buyer, I'm gonna lowball the offer and just be like, all right, if you just want to get rid of him just to get rid of him because you know you're gonna lose him at the end of the year, you know he's not gonna want to come back. I'm gonna give you Carl Henriksen in a seventh round pick. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna give be. you. I'm not even gonna. If you even mention Othman, I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh in your face. Honestly, if you mention Othman, I'm laughing in your face and I'm hanging up. Right. I mean, it, it's it's crazy because e even if there were other buyers, 
if I'm the Rangers, I'm not doing it. You're talking about a, a, a young player who's on an ELC, so that's gold right now for the Rangers, for the next three mm-hmm. years, starting next year. Yep. Um, and, yeah, he has top six, top nine potential. So, no, I'm not trading that. I mean, have we're Rangers fans. Have we not learned from our mistakes of getting the big fish? I mean, look at Keith Yandel, Era, Era, Martin St. Louis. Now, like, I know those guys. It doesn't hurt to get them. But I looked at history. You look at the teams that just made those subtle moves, like Chicago uh, – Washington, I don't remember if it was Jensen or Kempe. Like, they they got the players they needed, not the players just because they're better. Yeah, yeah. Like, Lekkanen last year, that was such a great pickup for Colorado. What a great pickup. Yeah. Uh, Like, don't do – don't do, like, with the – like the Reeves for a first round pick. I, that's a that's such a like a, a an extreme example, but like you don't need to give up a first round pick. Like I want to give a first round pick up in this year's draft for for someone that's like like completely over the hill. I would do it for Kane, but not for I don't know. I, I don't even know who's who's out there really, but like certain players what do you mean, I just give like up. other players? Yeah, like a first round pick for like Kubalik, I wouldn't do. No, not even I, he's no. not even over the hill. No, I mean. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm, I'm trying to think here because I, I looked I looked a lot. I look not every day, but once in a while, like at a, a cap right now, like, okay, am I missing someone? I, I don't think there's a lot of players this year. Like, you know, Fitz, he talks about those 16-game players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know so, exactly what you mean. Yeah. Draymond. So we were talking with him last straight down on right before, and you know who we said exactly? Who's going to be the 16-game player to win, lead uh, their team to a cup? It was elected in Lectin. We yeah. had him all there. We were saying, get Lectin in. He's perfect. Now, I'm not saying the Rangers would have won a cup without him, but won a, won a cup with him. But I mean, he 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 fit that thing. Now, we had Mott, we had Matrano, we had Cop. I mean, those were great fights. Like, see, exactly. They didn't get the big fish. They just got a few pieces that they needed. Not essentially that was the best. So I I would maybe think the Rangers should do that again. Now, the thing was, it's like, we don't even know what we need, right? Until we get these line combos fixed. Like what? What happens if oh, you need I a right wing? 
I know exactly. Well, right now they could make an uh, an adjustment, a slight adjustment. They could go after a sixth or seventh defenseman, like right now. They oh could. no, no, I, I, I mean, like offensively, like you don't oh, know which position you need yet. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 not. It's too early, like because we right, need exactly. to figure out what's going on with Kravtsov. Like Kravtsov is, it's too early with him. It's way too early. Like I said, right. it's, I'm not ready to give up on him, and the, the team's definitely not giving up on him. They invested a high draft spot into him, and they're gonna see how this play this plays out. This last year, this is it. This is the last year for him. I'd say. Right. If he doesn't prove himself, then I'd say he's gone. Well, I mean, speaking back to the cap. So one of the things I don't usually mention the trade deadline a lot. We're in November. And the only reason why I mentioned something um, in general just came because he was trending on Twitter. Um, and then we obviously the question was just asked here uh, is this would have to actually have to have to happen now is one of Blay or Reeves. Now, the reason why I say Blay also is because I don't really believe the Rangers would ever trade Reeves just because I it just doesn't seem like the Rangers thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if I was in the position, I would consider it, but I have to evaluate it based off what I think they, how they evaluate it. So I'm like, okay, so it's not Reeves. So who is it? It's Blay. Now I, I feel that because I think people are a little too hard on Blay. Listen, he tore his ACL and was out for a year. And before that, if anyone remembers, he was on the third line with Hedo and Lafreniere and they were really good. If anyone remembers that. Yeah, that was, Remember that was Nashville a, goal? It, yeah, that was that was his like his his Rangers moment. Like right. they did look really good. That line looked great for sure. Um but yeah, that's that's good that you bring that up because it's it's forgotten. It people are hard on him because of uh again, I I'll just say it. Yeah, because of the Buchnevich trade. No, he who shall not no, be named. If anyone if anyone evaluates Blake based on Buchnevich, you're gonna lose ten out of ten times. He is never right. gonna be him. It was yeah, a bad exactly. trade. Get over it. I, I, it's kind of hypocritical of me, but because I'm having a hard time getting over it. But it's so basically with Blay, right? If you trade him, let's say to Arizona, um, you're looking at maybe an extra two, three million at the cap. I uh, trade that on, I believe. At least one, an extra. Blay has a cap of 1.525. So that's at least another extra. And then you also have to take in like uh, how the, you know, the cap adds up every single month. So I, I think you can make now my math could be terribly off, but so I think then you'd have four and a half million, five million in the trade deadline. I would even propose a Blay for Tyler Mott straight up swap right now. I mean, I, why in the world would Ottawa do that? Have you not do you know how good he's been playing in Ottawa? Yeah, he's been not only has he been the defensive stud, have you he's scoring now. <laughs> he's yeah. I mean, oh man, I I, I went to the floor. I wish, went, I wish he could get we could get him back. I, dude, that guy was a warrior. I, I was crushed when we couldn't get him. Now, everyone had hoped for the longest time. It was cruel that this happened because no one signed him yet. So everyone's like, okay, Jury must be making like, you know, these acrobatic moves to try to fit him in. Now, I, I don't remember. Who was the odd man out that everyone was saying he was going to get traded so Mark could stay? Was it Blay? Was it Reeves? Uh, I don't it might have been one of those two. Um, no. Yeah, I, think, I don't know. I think it was the rumor was someone they. I, I no, no. I there wasn't a rumor about an official thing that oh they're trying to train him. It was just a theory, right? That's why. Okay, he must. He's not you know signed yet anywhere else. So why wouldn't mm-hmm. he be unless the Rangers were still interested? And then when he signed in Ottawa, that was just so soul crushing because the guy. I mean, it's crazy how 
he transformed our PK. Like in the beginning, when Mock came over, this concept of going into the offensive zone on the PK and then passing it back to waste time, all the Rangers were looking at like, we used to do that. Looking at him, we're like, you can do that. Since when can you can do that? Right. And then all of a sudden, three weeks later, you have everyone passing it like that. Yeah. It's like Mott showing that to him, like, yeah, you could actually do this. And the Rangers BK was, uh, uh, it was one of the arm globe trotters. Like it, they were just passing it around in circles just to waste time on the PK. And all the Rangers were like, this is allowed. It's kind of like the faceoffs this year. Like this is allowed. We're we're allowed to be good at faceoffs. Right. Although, yeah, props to Trocek for that. Oh my good Trocek has looked really, really good so far for the Rangers. Like terrific. He had a great game against the Islanders. I thought he's play, he played well on that road trip. Uh man. Bravo, man. Like so, people might complain and say, like, oh, he's not a significant upgrade enough over Strong. Like the uh, guy had a hell of a game against the Islanders, man. Like, what did he win? Like 16 or 17 of his face-offs, and he only lost like two, three, maybe four face-offs. He he was like skating. He was he skated so well that game. He had a goal, beautiful backhander. I mean, yeah, that their goal probably shouldn't have happened because it it was knocked out of Varlamov's glove by his own defender. But you no, know, so still, have, he, have when we have ever seen someone shovel the puck upstairs ever, right? Like, n- never. And for me, it was strong. It, he didn't bring enough uh, to the ice, like as an individual, like he never brought a lot to the table. He always seemed to be the product of others. Now I know there was a time like when Panarin was, you know, Russia stuff. Yeah. The Russia stuff where Strom came out and he scored like, I think 10 points in 11 games or something like that. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying is he's not good enough to be a second line player for a Stanley cup team. And it just doesn't seem he brings a lot to the table as an individual. While Trocek does, he has face-offs. He has a better shot. He, yeah, he, he's just better. I I get listen the the contract as in the ABV is not bad it's the years I, now, but yeah as long as we as long as we win a couple the next three years I mean who's gonna care I think they they definitely added more years to that to to lower the AAV for sure. oh yeah 100%. they had to lower that they had to they had to do that so they could fit them under under the cap um I was I balked at that I I thought that was very questionable too to have a have that that player for seven years uh, a seven-year contract but so far he's looking really good and like based on our like whatever line combinations we propose having somebody on the third line doesn't mean that they're going to get 12 minutes of ice time a game it shouldn't be that it should mean that you're gonna get like if everybody plays effectively i don't know how many times i've said this on this damn show but like everybody should be playing effectively then everyone is going to get like 15, 16 minutes of ice time a game. It's going to balance out. Like your best players, your best player is your entire team. Your top nine has to be a top nine, not like Kreider's advantage at Panarin. Yeah, like, no, that just doesn't. No, it's not good. It's it'll it'll get you the playoffs maybe, but you need to just balance it out. You have to you have to right. start scoring. Like that's how, that's where the teams that are that are champions that's how they go far and you know what another thing i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna talk about this now because like every team goes through adversity every championship team has their adversity moment this might be the moment for the rangers right now so as a fan don't take it out on other fans like when when you're online you're upset at a loss don't 
post some ridiculous meme, which I saw. I don't know if you've seen them on. on yeah, Twitter, that was horrendous. My God, you guys are awful. Some of you like don't do that. Don't clog up my feed. Don't clog up other people's feeds with your nonsense. It's just like an automatic unfollow block at that point. Right. I just see it. I just block unfollow. That's a goodbye. It's not even. It's not even about the unfollow and the block for me. It's just no, no, like, it's got awful from them. Like the hell, what are they doing? Like, like what? Don't listen, man. I. I don't slander players anymore on the show. I used to be really, I used to get really angry and stuff. Like being a Mets fan, I like to joke about that is, is like, you know, I've, I've, I don't care really anymore. Like I care about the team. Yeah. But it's just like, it doesn't affect my life. I'm not going to take it out on, on anybody. I used to hate Delzato. I used to want him traded every single day, but like, you know, don't, Don't don't post a ridiculous meme or whatever a ridiculous comparison. I'm I'm not even gonna say it because it doesn't even deserve no. to be said. But like, and don't harass other other people on 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 Twitter. People are just trying to watch the games. Come on, like I'm just trying to watch like, the games. It's and- hockey. It, it's hockey. Like as much as we love it, it's it's just hockey. Now I know like that's it, hockey's all I talk about. But like there, there's another aspect of life, right? Like yeah, it, it, I don't know why this should even be said. Like it's it's pretty common sense. Like just hockey like when people are saying about craft stuff like like i posted a thing earlier this morning right you saw it with the legos by the way he's automatically my favorite player because of that you saw you saw him with the legos? i didn't see it i'm gonna look at it okay right now. so go someone, ahead and explain someone on twitter found a bunch of things of craft soft posting of the locker room of the training facility and of his just private quarters and in his private quarters he was explaining that he was building an, a giant r2d2 lego you know, I think automatically wow. my favorite player, by the way. So I posted it saying, oh, this guy's automatically my favorite player. Now it's a joke. Like, and then someone quotes tweets it saying, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I never interact with guys like this. Cause my, my thing is, is if you can't convince them otherwise, or have a constructive conversation with them, why are you even talking with them in the first place? There's no point. It, it's a lost cause. So this guy posts saying, uh, why is he playing with Legos? Shouldn't he be working the whole time on the ice because he's been playing like arts? I'm like, dude, are you freaking kidding me? I, I, I don't. Get, some people are just, I don't know. Too much is an understatement. It's just ridiculous, dude. These guys have lives. It's it's hockey, all right. It, it's it's so ridiculous, dude. Can, can the guy not enjoy five minutes without someone criticizing? <laughs> yes, I have a podcast myself. I criticize players. I'm not gonna har- harass them, or I'm not gonna say dumb stuff sure on the ice i'll criticize them but what happens off the ice dude that's life like his whole life isn't evolved around your enjoyment that's not how it works right that's hockey is his his career right like that's he's got a you're like just like everybody has the right to pass their own time like don't you think a hockey player should have the it's so ridiculous and second of all it's not even right because he just theoretically a player now i'm not saying this is right either but theoretically no one as a human being we all need our outlets we all need our refreshing time we we all have stuff besides our main things in life right we all have a variety of things so like yeah it's his job it's his thing the crowd stuff up like trying to get better but dude it's give the guy a break he still has a life you know like what what are you doing you you want him to you want to force him to be on the ice 24 7 like uh like like I'm at Miracle on Ice, where he's basically 24/7. Like, dude, this ain't this ain't that type of thing where like mm-hmm. you're just doing laps 24/7. Dude, th- these guys have lives. Like, give them a break. It, right. it's, I don't even know why I have to explain this. Yeah, these guys have lives, and you 
person on the internet criticizing this person. You need to get back to your own life. And it's like, right, right. It's just... I, I don't like to talk about like the toxicity and stuff like this on my show. I never really do, but like, it went too far. Come on, man. Like I, I, I go on there to promote my show. I'm not there for all that, that those antics. I'm not there for the trolling. I'm not there for that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I've tried it a couple times. Yeah. Like just to be funny. But like it's not it's not like, I'll do it with someone who 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 will take it as a joke, right? I won't do it in exactly. a menacing way where it'll hurt their feelings like Lou, right? I there's a meme online, right? Where it's like those guys in the glasses in the circles, right? You saw that? And then one yeah, of the I pictures know what you're is talking Lou. About. And one yeah, of the pictures is Lou. Uh, and, and then I post that once in a while. I, I know Lou ha- Lou has a laugh at that. Like if I actually thought he'd be insulted by that or upset about that, I never would post it. I'd do it as a joke. Like yeah. he he likes the posts. Like if I if I knew he would dislike it, I would never have posted it. Right. Yeah. Like don't do stuff that's like that you know is going to be hurtful to people. Like we're just we're, freaking hockey. Get, get over it. We're like, just. Of course, I want to slam my TV when they lose, but like taking on other people. What do you? What is wrong with you? Like yeah, it's just uh, man. The Mets have taught me so much about that stuff. Like just being not being mad to to at. at the outcome of a game like i don't know i've learned especially like this past season you know with the mets like you know go winning a hundred something games and getting knocked out in in the wild card round like you know there's certain things you it's worth being mad over and there's other things that that aren't worth you know the time right. and it, it just like, hurts yourself. the outcome of the game is is you know not something to to take your frustrations out. don't be like the fan that that clock, that lightning fan at MSG. Oh, that like, that's nice. just despicable, despicable, man. Like, that's something I, I can't, I can't. I, I had to address it on the show. I'm sorry, guys, but like, this is, this is what. I mean, it, it's like, it's a crazy thing that we even have to address it. You know what I'm saying? This should be common sense. You don't clock a fan because your team lost. You don't harass someone on Twitter because your team lost. You don't criticize players for having a life because they lost. Mm-hmm. I, yes, constructive constructive criticism like you and I do on our podcast, right? Just saying, like, like we talked about Trouba, right? He's not doing the greatest. Great. Where he's injured, great. We explain, you know, why uh, we're upset about him, what he yeah, should do better, right? But it's constructive criticism. It's not out of the thing to hurt the player or to hurt the person's feelings. And, you know, they're not listening to this, but we're not going out of our way to be selfish and hurt someone else's feelings, right? It, it's, And then you see people on Twitter like I just, I always shake my head. Like at this post that I just had this one. I'm like, I have, I posted a freaking thing about Kraftsoft playing with Legos, and I, a guy just says he should be doing anything else besides practicing because he should really be ashamed. Dude, shut up. Dude, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't even rant like this on my podcast. So you got me wild up here. But I, I just, I, I don't get it with some people. How can you be that selfish? Yeah, honestly, I, I swear, I feel like people are doing. Some people do it like on purpose just to get just to get clicks. Well, some people get it. So those people, like I don't in general, like that guy, I don't even interact with him. Just I don't do anything because there's no point. You know you're not going to get through to him, right? So what are you doing? You're just having meaningless conversation. Right. You know you're right. So why even bother? You only do it when you believe you could change that person, or you could, yeah, you could change that person's perspective. Um, and then there are some times where, yeah, th- those guys just want attention. Also, like, like there's some people. Uh, I'm not going to name one on here. Because if you remember last year, there was someone who totally blew up. Mm. Uh, I, I I know that's very in general, but I think you might know who it is. Uh, 
We, I don't okay, know. Oh, I'm thinking oh, of a few oh, people. We texted. We texted about it when it happened. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. texted about it when it happened. Now at that point, I was like, I don't know, man. But then, then I saw what was actually going down. Like when when you texted me that, um, I, I I just got on Twitter, right? And you texted me. I'm like, I don't know, man. Because I didn't I didn't see what they actually did. I don't know, man. Because I I don't look. And then later that day, I looked. I'm like, oh dang, oh. Oh, that happened. Yeah. Oh, oh, great. Oh, oh gosh. Um, this person was like, everyone was interacting with them for years and they just pop out of nowhere with that. And yeah, it's just like those type of people, like, and then people came forward to say, yeah, this person don't interact with them because they only do this to get attention. Uh, I'm sure people have probably figured out who I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. But um, there's a few people that fit that bill. But I mean, like, this, the, this, the, the, the toxicity of, of it, it's just, it's too much for me, man. Like, I don't, if you want me to like, come well, that's out why and make I a, my I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to make a public statement, like denouncing all this stuff. I mean, even though we just did that for like 15 minutes, it's <laughs> right. like, <laughs> I mean, I mean my own Rangers discord. I wanted to, I wanted to make a community where it was toxic free. Like no one, thank God as of right now has done anything, but I made it crystal clear. Like even like I may have gone to extreme lengths because the thing is in the beginning when there's like 400 people in your discord, right? You got to be extreme first. You got to make sure they don't even do the little the insults. Obviously, eventually, like as a joke, it's okay. Right. But even the little things, because you have to like construct your server, right. To not, you know, to not be toxic. And eventually as everyone connects, you know, as everyone like, you know, knows each other, it's easier, but obviously I had to go to the extreme first. I, I, in my rules in everything, every little thing they said I had to do, I had to mention something. Hey, you can't do that. Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to like, obviously with Twitter, maybe going down the post. I, I, I can't take this anymore. I thought, no, I didn't think cause it was way too obvious, but there was a Connor McDavid yesterday <laughs> claiming to be traded yeah. because uh, he had a blue check mark. <laughs> do you know how much hell this trade deadline is going to be? No one's going to know who's who. It's going to be a nightmare. Everyone's like, okay, you could press the blue check mark. I'm not going through every blue check mark to figure out who's real. The whole that's the whole point of the blue check mark. And that's so you why you don't have to do the fall, fall, go to the. Fall. That's why I still only have uh, Darren Drager's uh, tweets. Uh, notifications on my uh, my, yeah, I, my I set mine up for notifications. Uh, that's only the inside, yes. And it's that guy. I and the only way that I know, like, it's not another, Dar- it's not gonna be, it, it'll never be another Darren Drager because it's that specific Darren Drager. I know it is because before who's it the was one that years doesn't before. have a blue, who's the one that doesn't have a blue check mark and he's always been uh impersonated by someone, David starts with a P. He doesn't have a blue check mark for some reason. Oh, David Pagnota. Yes. He always gets impersonated to the deadline, and everyone (laughs) always falls for it. It is so annoying. Like, I spoke to Hockey Stat Minor in the summer. He's like, dude, I want to – he's like, I block those guys immediately. I I can't stand it. And the guy's a saint. So he's saying that. There's a serious problem. Yeah, shout-outs to HSM. The guy's awesome. Oh, he's tra- I, I I text him once in a while, like, hey, can you help me with this cap? No hesitation. Just helps me out. Terrific guy. Yeah. Great memes, too. Oh, yeah. Terrific. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure everyone's. I'm sure everyone, uh, especially him and Drew, are excited about Sunny. It's always Sunny Philadelphia. I think it's coming in December now. The next I, season. Honestly, I have not seen that show, and I got to watch it. <laughs> you better not tell that to Drew. He would not. He would not <laughs> be Drew, happy about that. Drew is like, oh my gosh, Drew is the man. Like, shout out to Drew. Like, I talk to that guy all the time. Oh uh, yeah, like he's daily. so busy. Like, I'm sure he's so busy with his his life and. You know, I always reach out, like, asking about, like, oh, can you explain this analytical concept to me? Or, like, 
Uh, can you tell me why uh, why Gauthier should be in the lineup and not Reeves or whatever? And like he 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 takes the time out of his day to respond to me or whatever. It's so great. I love that guy. Right. I mean, like I, I text him maybe on a daily basis, and I'm like, one of these days, this guy's just gonna take his hand through the screen and strangle me. Right. And yeah. that has not happened yet. And he's always been nice and always explained to me. Like I, I just don't no, like based on past podcasts. Like how does this work? You know, advice here, advice there, uh, analytics, all that. Like I just asked him. Today, I'm like, where the heck is everyone getting this stuff from how to project cap, dead cap, uh, dead cap, um, the trade deadline cap space? Like, I'm trying mm-hmm. to cap friendly. Um, I usually have someone else do it for me. That's why I've never been used to this. He, ex- he explained it for me. He's like, yeah, I go on Pacquiao, this and this and that. Um, yeah, th- those guys are terrific. Like, I'm, I'm sure, like, uh, you're, you're, you're a host, obviously, and mm-hmm. you'd be shocked at the amount of people. Like, I've been ever since I started my podcast that – how many people are willing to either come on the pod or willing just to help out? Um, it's a lot more surprising uh, amount of people than I ever thought. Like there were some people. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to mention names cause I'm going to leave a few names out and then I'm going to yeah. feel like, you know, a jerk. Uh, yeah. That's why I never, I never post those tweets anymore. I learned my lesson. I never post those tweets anymore. Thank you for this and this and this, this, that guy. I never do anymore because I always forget someone. I always feel like a jerk after and I always feel bad. Oh, so I, I just say, I, I just yeah. in general, see, you know who you are. Thank you so much. That that's that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Because yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I I know we kind of went back from hockey, but I just wanted to mention one thing. Zabanejad doesn't have a five v five goal yet. <laughs> no, I know this is super oh, good. We have this talk. is great. I love it. No, no, no. I love it, man. This is good. This is good stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, I was I forgot to write that down, but it was something that I was thinking about. I saw. I think Larry Brooks mentioned that his like uh, that he he had not had a five v five goal this year, which means his doesn't that mean his five v five is even strength shooting percentage, whatever his shooting percentage is when it's not a power play is zero percent. Actually, no, that's a lie. He has a shorthanded goal. Yeah, and that's why everyone was tripping because I I pulled it out. Does everyone realize advantage to not have a five v five goal? Half the guys are like, "You goof!" There, he only has five like power play goals. He has six goals. I'm like, "No, it, it's it's a shorthanded goal." Like a lot of people forgot that. Yep. that was so the like, first one, right? So like, why aren't you changing the lines? Like, I don't know. I, I love the lines I have. Like, I, when Gallant changed the lines originally, like I, I I didn't want to criticize. I just I'm just happy something happened, hmm. right? And let's go with it. I dude, I, I he was about was, he was about like like maybe four or five inches off from getting his first one against the Islanders in the first like minute of the game. Like yeah. he hit the, it was a great centering east, west to east pass by uh, Panarin is advantage and he rifled it off the crossbar. Well, speaking of bad luck, Capo Cago has Rick Nash syndrome. Oh God. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we all know Rick Nash. He maybe yeah. had 50 posts per season. Capo Cago's going to break that. I, I don't even think it's a question. He has Rick Nash syndrome and, I thought he broke it when he finally got that goal, but then he had that versus the Islanders. And I, I mean, I can the guy get a bit of luck. I mean, what voodoo type of stuff does he have to do to get that bad luck off his back? I think he's going to, I think it means it's going to make him a better player. I think once they gonna, so once, he's, once the floodgates open, they're going to, they won't stop. Like once it comes out, it's going to, it's going. crazy though. How long it's taken. like, not to Capococco like, he's playing terrific. He he's, definitely transformed into a greater player than he ever was. It's just, there are so many times where it's like, this is a goal. Like, he, like there was times versus the Flyers game. He could have probably had a goal and three assists. That's not, that's not even over, you know, what's it called 
because he passed it in front of Lindgren for a tip, perfect tip, Lindgren missed. He passed to Kreider for a tip, Kreider missed. He passed it, I believe, to Savannah's out of Panarin, he missed. And he had a, a, a shot, and I think he was a ridiculous save where he hit the post. I'm like, can the guy get a break? He could have potentially had a goal and three assists. And it's just – it is so frustrating. It, I, I don't know. I, I mean, we're hoping he finally breaks out and all that. It's just like he's doing all the right things, right? So, like, I don't know how that guy sleeps at night. I, I really don't because if I were him, I'd be like, you know – trying magic stuff, bro. I, 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 I would be doing blood magic to try to get rid of that luck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, he's got to iron out the voodoo. Yeah. Got to do something to reverse the maybe, voodoo. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the price to pay for someone on Twitter, literally uh, serving the devil. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh... All right. Well, ice cold take fans. You, my loyal listeners, whoever you guys know who you are, uh, like, like Jacob said, I'm not gonna name every single person out because then now, now I know I'm gonna forget somebody. I'm gonna feel like an idiot. Yeah, never do that. Hey, Rangers fans, thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay.